Welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Hope you're having a great day so far. Looking forward to going over some emotional health in the news. Subtitles, Will I Love a Robot Someday? Is Youth Destiny? Will the four-day work week save some of our minds? All right, all right. So I like to do these these episodes from time to time because I'm always collecting uh, articles, news clippings, and you know, just keep an eye on what's going on in the news um, pertaining to emotional health. And I'm going to start uh, having some different pages on the weatherofthemind.org website where I have all you know keep a, a go an ongoing rolling list of of articles to check out emotional health in the news i'm also going to have a a page where i list all the music we sample on the website and i'm going to have another page with some resources um what i'm working on right now is i wrote a book called the weather of the mind which is about emotional observation it's an emotional health tool a tool for observing the weather, the ebbs and flows of our own mind. It's a five to ten minute ritual, but I'm basically working on making it like a one or two page pamphlet just to get people introduced and involved. And we're going to do, I mean, it, it is an app. It's just going to be a pen and, uh, pen and paper, a pencil and paper app until we get a few hundred people to try it out. And if we see that there's a lot of interest and potential, then we can start to look towards making it a, a phone app. But I go back and forth with this phone app because the more you read about just we're spending too much time with screens, too much time with technology, I know that it would reach more people if it was a phone app, but it's not about quantity always. It's about quality. So if it's a phone app and a million people use it, but you know they kind of casually use it, and it, 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 some of them it affects, some of them it passes by, but if you, but when we say it's a pen and paper or a pencil and paper app, something you keep next to your bed, and something you check in with for five to ten minutes in the evening, or five to ten minutes in the morning, just a quick ritual, check in with yourself, check in you know, file the weather report retroactively, see what happened over the last 24 hours and, and just, and just learn from that. So I'm really debating it, but at least in the beginning, there's no debate because I don't have the money or the time to create that app right now. So it's going to be a pen and paper app and I'm going to work on getting that up on the website, a really simplified version in the next few weeks. I'm also going to have, I've been doing this charting, observing the weather of my mind for almost three years now. So I'm going to bring all those materials and uh, have a presentation online from my data set. And you can look and, and see at least what I've learned. And I've learned some fascinating things. I, could, I have a sense of what my average week looks like. I also, after I went through the data for almost three years, I've synced it back to moon cycles and finding there is... There is a correlation um, with different moon cycles and my emotional ups and downs. 
And I wonder if, uh, if we had 20 or 30 or 40 or 100 people do this, and then we ran the, uh, the moon cycle data, if we'd see that, um, does everyone have some lunar effect in their life? And do some of us have the same lunar effect in our lives? Does it correlate with our personalities, our introversion or extroversion, um, our Myers-Briggs perhaps? Myers-Briggs is the Jung-based, Carl Jung, the psychologist, the Jungian-based uh, personality test. And, and maybe the, it's worth mentioning the Myers-Briggs because it's something I also value. I kind of, I guess I have the belief that if we understand ourselves better, if we could observe our own, if we understand our personalities and our inclinations and how our emotions ebb and flow, Knowledge is power, and it, it just allows us to kind of work to our strengths and understand our weaknesses. Because we all have strengths and weaknesses, and oftentimes they're, they go together. You know, we're, some of us right now, if you're following along with the podcast, are watching the Up series, um, a Granada film series out of Britain. And we watched the first one. And talked about it on last week's podcast. That was Seven Up, fourteen seven-year-olds across across England. And next week we'll look at the Seven Plus Seven documentary. I have that linked on this podcast. But you you're thinking, you know, how much you know? One of the hypotheses of that podcast was that give me a child at age seven, and I'll give you the adult. And that's an interesting concept. How much of our adult life is strongly influenced, semi-determined by our early years? And I think, I think we'll find that there is a lot of influence on our lives in those early years. But there, we still have a lot of agency throughout life. Because... Everything that happens to us, there seems to be some good and some bad that can come from it. One of the stories I found this week was um, about this guy, Shane Healy. And I linked this article in the notes. And Shane Healy is an Irishman who, who's had, whose parents, whose mother left him when he was four years old and took his older sister and disappeared. And that is an incredible thing to experience. And it doesn't say where his father was, but it, it implies that he was kind of um, on his own as a youngster. And this guy is one of the toughest, hardest working distance runners of all time. You you wouldn't have heard of him. He did make the Olympics, though, for Ireland, and he never even ran a competitive mile till he was in college. This guy was just um, a wanderer, a traveler, but there's something, something in his abandonment forced him, forced him to find something deeper, something that he could rely on. This guy is just has so much courage and strength, and. And now he's married and happy, and he's still training, trying to set world records for 50, 50 years and older runners. So this guy, Shane Healy, is just an exceptional, exceptional um, character. And just to, 
I, I think it's it's important to reflect on him because, again, what happens early on has a strong influence on who we'll become. But we still have a lot of choice of where to take that. So this is um, Shane Healy, From an Orphanage to the Greatest Show on Earth. Worth checking out. And the next thing I wanted to touch upon was this notion of a four-day work week. See, we can't think about emotional health in a vacuum because emotional health has so much to do with the way we are working, the way we are traveling around our cities or villages, the way we are entertaining. Life, we try to parse life down into smaller pieces and I think academia has pushed this. Oh, well, this is English and that's history and this is science and that's psychology, but life doesn't really work that way. Certainly, if, if 40 or 50 years ago, we were able to support a, you know, a family with one income and you still could buy a house and you could still get by. I mean, that doesn't even seem possible. It seems extremely difficult. So how much does economic strain and economic trends affect emotional health and what changes we can we make? Certainly when we've had three-day weekends and a four-day work week, you know, Martin Luther King Day or um, Labor Day or Memorial Day, those three-day weeks seem extraordinarily longer than a normal weekend. And it's, it is kind of fun to play with the numbers because a two-day weekend to a three-day weekend really is 50% more weekend. It is it is, but it feels like it's more like double. I don't, I don't know how it works that way, but it does because I don't know. You can just get lost in your weekend for the first day and a half before you're even thinking about going back to work. Where the two-day weekend, sometimes you just recover on Saturday and then on Sunday or whenever your weekend is, you're already thinking about getting fired up for the next week. So I, I attached an article. Um, Four-day week, a trial finds lower stress, increased productivity. The founder of one of the biggest, uh, big company, uh, first big companies to switch to a four-day work week has called on others to follow, claiming it has resulted in a 20% rise in productivity. So they did this study in New Zealand. They have a staff of 240 people. They gave them the option, if they wanted to, to uh, work four days instead of five at the same pay. So they're working less hours, getting paid the same, but still they're saying you need to get the same amount of work done. And they had some local academics from the University of Auckland observe and study uh, what was going on here, and they found a lot of good, good results. Uh, people felt they had a much healthier work-life balance, and they, they felt their stress levels were way down. So other things to note from this study, um, yeah, so I, I ran the numbers because I, I love numbers, and four, um, five days of work and two days of rest is 71% work to 29% rest, 71 to 29, and I don't know what it is, but psychologically that almost feels like three quarters and one quarter, 71%, 29%. Now, if you just switch one of those days from a work day to an off day and you go from four to three, instead of working 71% of the time or 71% of the days, 
it goes down to 57 percent four to three works out to be 57 percent to 43 percent which kind of psychologically almost feels a lot closer to 50 50. so by switching one day from work to leisure we kind of see a shift from in the 70 percent to the 50 percent in terms of days that you're working and that's just I don't know. It seems tremendous. I've, I think we should have a three-day uh, three weekend twice a month. Um, I don't know about every, every week being a four-day work week, but even every other weekend just kind of gives you a little bit of a boost. I, I see when we have a three-day weekends that everyone feels kind of a, a boost going into it and a boost coming out of it. So it's really interesting to think about our work, which is a huge part of our lives, how that can be altered and tweaked just to improve our emotional health a bit. Okay, now on to today's main event. So these emotional health topics in the news, they're also kind of like a preview um, of what might be to come on the podcast. And I've been thinking a lot about our love of inanimate objects. And if there's in, some inherent animism, you know, finding the spirit in all things. And I'm also thinking, you know, this topic uh, of an episode to come, will I ever love a robot? And I don't mean love like my girlfriend. I meant like love a robot like a friend. And you know what? I'm a bit of a Luddite, meaning that I am... Uh, technologically skeptical and I think we always need to slow down and evaluate and observe how these technological changes are changing our life but I have to admit I think I I kind of fell in love with the Mars rover opportunity as you probably heard in the news the last few weeks we uh, opportunity the Mars rover the Mars rover that was supposed to travel 1,100 yards over 90 days on Mars. Instead, it went on slowly walking across Mars. Not for 90 days, but 15 years. 15 years. And not only, not did it, it, it didn't travel 1,000 yards. It traveled 28 miles. Captured 217,000 images of Mars and wow and it when it finally succumbed to a, a massive dust storm that made so much clouds that it basically sh buried its solar solar panels and an ability to charge itself <clears throat> when it finally succumbed to that if they believe it fell silent in a valley on Mars called perseverance perseverance valley and one of the people on the team said, I cannot think of a more appropriate place for opportunity to endure on the surface of Mars than one called Perseverance Valley. I mean, Oppie, as, as those in the know call him or her, Opportunity, this little, little rover, this little robot that we sent all the way into space, all the way to Mars with a little mission, right? And it just, I mean, it's one of the most heroic stories of all time in its own way. Go, go, not across the world, but go across the, 
go across our solar system on your own. You could see I'm personifying it. It's just a robot, right? But no, you went all the way out there, this little guy or gal, and landed on this foreign planet and starts crawling, 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 and just collecting data and sending it back to this team of scientists. And then 90 days, and oh, he's still going. He's still going. He's still going. Years and years and years later, and miles and miles. It's just, I don't know. I think, I think it's interesting. It's interesting how quickly and easily we can, can love robots. I think, and it's a lot about the story, and this robot was representative of a big team of people. But it, it is telling. It is telling. And I was asking a friend, I'm like, are, you know, the robots we pictured 20 or 30 years ago, like in the 80s, there was a lot of like robot butlers. Like there's always like, oh, we're going to have robots. And like, they're going to bring us like our drinks. Like that was like, <laughs> or they're going to vacuum and, and serve food. But robots are perhaps very different than we expected them. And this is like... I could see falling in love with a robot that goes to the bottom of the ocean. Um, falling in love like as a friend, I think. This exploring mission, this robot is almost an extension of the human desire to explore and to learn. Alright, so some good food for thought. We got some articles posted. Hopefully we stimulated some random ideas. I know the emotional health in the news days are kind of brainstormy, but I love to brainstorm. Other things that have been hot on my brainstorming mind is, uh, is the emotional health of children and how that affects the lifelong journey. Obviously, the, the documentary series, the Up series, which I watched the first one of and we talked about with L last week. Next week, we're going to talk about the 7 plus 7. We'll see these 7-year-olds as 14-year-olds. And then in two weeks after that, we'll come back and do 21 and Up. So if you have any comments or feedback, please, we want to get some voices on the show here. We have on weatherthemind.org, there is a place to uh, log some comments. You could say, hey, this is, this is Steve Jones calling from Binghamton. I would just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I have been following the Mars rover for the last 20, 15 years, and here's my experience. I can give you a, a question. The question would be, if you want a question, you can respond to, what is a big memory, big memory from, from your, one of your earliest memories, bef before you turned seven or eight? What was a big memory? Something that seemed to have resonant effect throughout the rest of your life. Good, bad, or the other. Think of a, let's think of a memory that, that inspired us, inspired us to grow in a certain way. Remember, if we talk about soil and plants, you can go in the forest and sometimes you can see an incident that happened 20 or 30 years ago and how the trees responded to it. We are all very much interconnected to our environment. So it's interesting as we f reflect on youth and that early stages of growth, what happened in our early days that really affected our growth? It could be a loss, it could be a could be something small, could be something big. Sometimes, sometimes it's fun to find something small because obviously if we lost a relative or something, some tragedy happened, that's obvious. But sometimes it's more subtle. Thinking about this Mars rover, I remembered 
Early January, 1986. I'm just a nine-year-old boy. Not even. Eight and a half. And I was visiting my grandma in Regal Park, Queens. And for some reason, um, she had some chore to do or a doctor's appointment and left me with, with a nice old lady friend down the block, Sylvie. And it's, this was the day that the Challenger was going to be launched. January 28th, 1986. Now, for those who don't know about the Challenger, the Challenger was really a, a real hyped up project. It was a really cool idea for the space program. What they were going to do is work with a teacher, a high school teacher, every year or something like that, and train this high school teacher to be an astronaut. So that the kids and the class was really involved in, in distance learning and vi the vicarious experience of this, you know, quote unquote, normal person becoming an astronaut and that experience. And we all remember the name Krista McAuliffe because that was the teacher, the first teacher to do it. And this was like a very exciting time for the space program. And this seemed like a really exciting program. So we all tuned in to watch the Challenger take off. And, you know, it was very exciting. And, you know, Cape Canaveral, Florida, I believe. Yes. And, and this, this spaceship takes off and you see the kids in the classroom cheering on their, their teacher. And you see maybe her family. And it's just a really feel-good public event. Space shuttle goes up in the air. You know, fires up. And then 10 seconds, 15 seconds into the air... It explodes. And that was just one moment, but for a bunch of impressionable 7, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds, how does that affect them? How did it affect me? I haven't been a big fan of space, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of the reason. You know, that was a really, that was a big incident. I, I you know, I can remember the feeling, the shock. Kind of like a 9-11 sort of watching a tragedy unfold on live TV shock. So that's my little example. So when you call in and leave a message, you don't have to use your real name. You don't have to use your full name, but use some nickname and tell us where you're from. And leave a message and we'll try to get you on the show. Other things I've been thinking about, i always thinking about uh, how we can bring more Practical skills, I know I've gotten a lot of positive encouragement. Bring more practical skills shows to the podcast, so working on a bunch cooking-related, working on a bunch of practical skills personality-related. I think, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, understanding our personalities and building off them is, I think, very valuable. I don't feel it is limiting. I feel like it's just understanding. I'm a big believer in observing and understanding, so... You know, I said building some things for the website. I want to have a section that's just emotional tools. Um, so you can go there and just check out some personality resources if you want to just spend some time in reflection and whatnot. So bring together more materials that are also uh, written materials and articles for you. And um, that's about it for today, guys. I hope, hope you're feeling like you're living and learning and you're keeping hydrated working on trying to ease the mind into some pleasant sleep, trusting that those hours of sleep are not wasted time, but in really valuable time for recharging and healing the body, rest, rest, rested body, hydrated body. 
gives us a chance of uh, being our best selves. And uh, know that I care about you over the radio waves. And uh, looking forward to keeping the keeping the podcast going for a while and living and learning. So uh, be well. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.